1: episode 18 of the four star spurs podcast i'm your host today tommy with me this week we have john
0: it'd love to be with you as always
1: lucas hello hello how are we doing boys and coming back for a second appearance this season rick it's a new record yes twice (laughs) a year we'll have to extend that um so hopefully everybody had a good christmas and new year of course but uh So on the agenda for this episode, we're going to talk about some matches. We got some transfer rumors to talk about. Lucas has his locks regarding the FA Cup. Got some questions that we're going to answer. And, of course, we're going to preview two matches, one of them tomorrow against Brentford and on Sunday against Marine. So first off, uh, last Wednesday, we were supposed to play Fulham. Unfortunately, we didn't because it got called off because of an outbreak with uh, on the Fulham side. Um, the biggest issue of that is that it was called off within three hours before the match starting. So, um, rightfully so, Spurs were pretty irate about that. They want some answers, but unfortunately, what that's I mean, what are you going to do? Um, moving in with that though, we're going to wanted to talk about a. Issue that happened last week, um, there was a picture that got floated around on Instagram, so Sergio Reguilon, uh Giovanni Lo Celso, Eric Lamella, and uh, from West Ham, Manuel Lenzini, they were all in a picture together, breaking COVID protocol. Not a good picture uh, in terms from PR standpoint. Chosen um, Marie already said that. Eric Lamella is not going to be featuring in tomorrow's match against Brentford. Might be because of that. He never specified, but, I mean, had two and two together. But, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts about that? Lucas, you got your hand up?
2: Uh, Yeah, well, I think that – I don't think that there's going to be anything, unless it comes from the league. I don't think it's going to come from Jose. Uh, I think Lamella not being in the squad tomorrow is going to be less about it's going to be more about fitness than it is about any kind of punishment because at the same time, Regulon was on the bench on Saturday. So I don't think he would have put Regulon on the bench. If he didn't intend to actually use him at any point, he doesn't waste bench spots. Um, so I, I think that if we needed to use Regulon on Saturday, we would have. So I can't imagine punishment from Jose being anything that we really have to worry about there, but I don't know what the guidelines are. I think that the big thing is that like these guys need to be smarter Um, I know that it sucks being cooped up and they're probably not getting to live the life they want to live right now in terms of going out and seeing friends and stuff like that, but they have to be smarter. And I've seen it loads of time. I follow Regulon and his missus on social media, which is a great follow by the way. (laughs) And it's, but I, I see the two of them are constantly out and about like going down, doing Christmassy activities throughout London and stuff. And I'm like, I just I wish you guys would be buttoning it up a little bit and staying home because you guys have a – especially from professional athletes like this, it's – there's a lot more at risk.
0: Yeah, and I think that's all going to change now. Um, as of 8 o'clock tonight, their time, uh, Great Britain's on a complete lockdown. So there won't be any Christmassy-type trips for anybody, um, which is going to make it easier, I guess, than – making it up to the uh, individual players to make a decision because you know, they're young kids and they probably, you know, at times they're not going to make the the best decisions, but if they're in complete lockdown, they won't have a choice.
1: Yeah. I actually wanted to add this now because it's actually good timing, John. Um, Shubes had a question on Twitter. Um, It was actually meant for John. He brushed on it, but it said, uh, my dear fellow Northumberland Parker With an R-rate in England going up and the Downing Street dipstick likely to announce another national lockdown tonight, your thoughts on a possible Premier League circuit breaker? So the gist of it is John did confirm that there is a lockdown tonight. um, And I forget the prime minister's name, Boris Johnson.
0: Boris Johnson, yeah.
1: So I guess he announced that. uh, But... The other issue is like, I mean, what do you guys think about a Premier League break? Because I remember reading last week, Sam Allardyce, manager of West Brom, he would have liked to have that. But I don't know, it just, there hasn't been really any rumors about it. But what are you guys' thoughts?
0: Um, Well, I think that uh, it's been confirmed that the Premier League will not be affected by the lockdown. The games will go on. So now I guess we discuss whether or not they should Um, I, I, if they're all acting the way they ought to be acting, then I think the game should go on. This period, this time of year is always one where there's a lot of fixtures. And I think that was Sam Allardyce's complaint that he had a lot of fixtures. Well, that's, yeah, that, that's not a COVID issue. That's a general issue at this time of year. And quite honestly, for everybody sitting at home with nothing to do, being able to watch the, uh, the footy is, is really important for morale. So I'd, I'd, I would not want to see a, a COVID break. I want to see him continue to play unless the circumstances turn worse. Then it may be necessary. But at the moment, no, I don't see it. Look.
2: Yeah, I I think it's interesting because, of course, Sam Allardyce is going to sit there and say, I would like a two-week break or something because he doesn't have Europe. He doesn't have the League Cup final or League Cup semifinals. He might not, depending on how they do in the FA Cup, have that to worry about. So his his fixture list is going to be grand for the next couple months. Whereas you look at teams like us, United, City, Liverpool, teams that have Europe to worry about, having a two-week break is going to make the back half of our season absolutely hectic. You're going to be looking at, especially now that they just took the League Cup final, assuming that we can beat Brentford tomorrow. They took that and they moved it to April. Um, so we don't know how many games are going to happen like Fulham this past week where a game gets canceled and needs to be rescheduled. So there could be teams that are staring down the barrel playing every three days in March and April. Like It could be absolutely hectic. So it, it almost hurts the teams that have more games and are in more competitions to just take a two-week break. Right now in the middle of January. Yep. Rick, what do you got? And if, and if yeah, I was going to say, if what uh, Shubes is really
3: asking too is like, what are the odds that we'll actually make it through this season unscathed? I think at this point, you know, protocols are pretty well known. We know we've got a few knuckleheads that might break them from time to time, but these games will absolutely go on unless we reach a point where so many players have gotten infected to the point where the numbers don't add up anymore if there's any way to continue to play the games, you know, you know, for financial purposes and then, you know, entertainment purposes, it'll happen. Um, so I think it's all subject to that. And I think now there's enough of like a bubble mentality. There's enough known about how to stop and or slow the spread of this. I, I you know, no matter how egalitarian we want to pretend like a, back, a vaccine rollout is going to be, I guarantee you, as soon as they can, they're going to get these footballers vaccinated. Right. So, so we can do this. They'll, They'll, they'll be prioritized in some way. So I think the, the season will complete uh, probably on time. And I, I don't think we'll see any kind of a unplanned, you know, two week break at any point this year.
0: Well, we already know that they're having difficulty rescheduling the Fulham game. I mean, how if we're going to have trouble with that because of our Europa League uh, commitments and the League Cup, then how? How how is that going to work if we have a two week break? We can't even find room to put the fixture in anyway.
1: Yeah, I think, or from my opinion, the biggest issue is also the Euros coming up because they might have to push that back. I mean, I know Italy had a break and they're just coming back off it of this past weekend. So, like, just with the Premier League, there there's no break in general. So, how are they going to think put that in? And also. The FA's pressure, they probably won't want to do that because England, if they're going to ride the wave of qualifying and the 2018 World Cup, I think they're at least in serious contention to at least make the semifinals. So pushing it back, they'd probably rather not do that.
3: Yeah.
1: Cool. Um, Anybody else have any other thoughts?
3: Nope, Shubes, don't worry. Your football will be uninterrupted <laughs> unless something really drastic happens.
0: Sounds good. And, okay. and, and if you're listening, shoobs, hi. Nice to hear from you. Hope you're doing well back there in Tottenham.
1: Hopefully you're staying safe, too, Shubes. Yeah. Do you like to see the pictures that you do put on Facebook and uh, tw- and Twitter, of course? Okay, so next up we do have the meaty part of the podcast – we played Leeds United on Saturday. We beat them three 0 We had goals from uh, Harry, Son, and Toby Alderweireld. Son did score his 100th goal, so hooray for that! That's actually a very impressive milestone. Like it or not, um, I I don't know what I mean. What are you guys' thoughts? Because I mean, realistically speaking, we played the way we that. We played the way that Jose wanted to play, usually, Jose Ball. And it fit really well with Leeds because they played like Jose's predecessor, Jose Mourinho. They high, they're high, high-flying, go pretty much all out and attack. Um, I think their style suited us. Uh, I think that's kind of one of the big reasons aside from their shoddy defense and uh, center backs being out. But, yeah, I think we did pretty well. John, you had your hand up?
0: Yeah, I mean, if they could shoot on target, we'd have been in trouble. Um, they had a lot of shots. But um, I, I, I think that what this game did is that it should shut up the critics about Mourinho and the way he played because we didn't have the, all the possession, but we didn't park the bus. And that's the point. I think that's the um, that's the that's where he's trying to get us to, where it's okay to take up some pressure, but the midfield has to take... Uh, responsibility and be able to move forward when it can and they did that so much better than they had done in the last couple of games we weren't just sitting back and look, looking that a goal would be inevitable we, we played coming forward despite the fact that we didn't have possession uh, as much possession as Leeds did
1: yeah and uh, just for anybody that doesn't know possession was in favor of Leeds 63% to 37% uh, Lucas what do you got uh, no, I actually agree a lot with
2: what John said. It wasn't as if we just sat there and parked the bus and let them have the ball. Although I would have been okay with that in terms of that game cuz Leeds has one way of playing. And that's unless you were like the quality of Liverpool when you only have one way of playing, it makes it very easy to formulate a game plan to beat you. And it, you've seen it where they come out and they beat West Brom last week. They're 5-0 at halftime and then you see when you play the way West Ham did against them, where they kind of soaked up pressure a little bit, hit them on the break, actually pressed them a little bit. You, you see the formula was pretty easy and simple as how to beat them. And I think that one of the things we did really well was actually pressing them in their own half. I think they gave the ball away when we actually pressed them in their half. They gave the ball away so many times. And we gave the ball away some as well. But kind of what John touched on with, like, the, if they could shoot. They had a couple of looks and a couple of good quality chances, but the difference is always going to be in a game like that, that we have Kane and Son. Like we have that level of quality. So when we get a chance or two, it's a world-class ball to a world-class finisher, bank goal, as opposed to them who were like uh, headed just over the bar or something like that. We had that clinical world-class finishing ability up front, and I really loved the way we pressed to actually create some of those chances.
1: Yep. Rick, what do you got?
2: So yeah, I, uh, yeah, I agree with Luke and,
3: and John. Uh, when I kind of went back and rewatched the match, we did a lot better job of what I think Jose's actual vision. Or that pressure was further up the pitch, right? We didn't just sit back and absorb everything in our own third, especially in the second half. That was happening in the middle third or even in their third at some points. And, and when we had to fall back, we did. So we definitely did a better job of that and, and not sitting back and, and being more attack-minded. But the one thing that really struck me when I went back and rewatched this match was, you know, I, I love watching Leeds play because they're, they're all out, right? They play like they got bees on their balls. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and that leads to a lot of mistakes sometimes too. Leeds made by my count when I was rewatching at least 15 kind of unforced pass turnovers, like nothing that we even did. We did do some, some, a good job, like forcing them into errors, but, like the very first goal, the penalty, Mellier literally passed that ball right to Harry Wings, right? I mean, and uh, so a, a lot of what we got, you know, I know we're Tottenham fans and we want to assign all the agency and a result to, to Spurs, right? But I really, when I went back and looked at it, I really thought it was much more. We were better without a doubt, but I think Leeds was, you know, they had to play. This was their same in a week. We got midweek off. We just looked fresher. You know, when Leeds plays that all-octane style and they're a little tired, you know, they're not going to change, like you guys have said. So uh, we very much had a scheduling advantage here, and-, and Leeds made a lot of unforced errors that we very rightly capped.
0: Yeah, on, particu- most particularly that the... Gorgeous,
3: perfect Kane to Sonny ball. Yeah,
0: yeah, particularly the goalkeeper, Messie I mean, he was uh, at fault for the third goal. Didn't didn't have yep. a game he's going to want to remember.
3: Butterfingers.
0: Uh yeah. Well, he's French, right? So we can make fun of him. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, um, so we were a little bit fortunate there, but you know what, that's what we need. We need a little bit of fortune. I thought we played well enough to win. We put away our chances. Um, one, uh, you know, the downside to me is Reguilon's red card. Um, the good, dirty, news, dirty. Is, the good news is that he can serve it against Brentford. So. And will. So that's... Oh, you can I mean. actually serve? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I, I, when I, yeah. When I say that they kind of imploded more than anything, the best thing you can do is just let it happen, right? And that's what we did. We, we let them self-destruct right in front of us, and we punished them when we had to. So it was a great performance, yeah. Go ahead,
2: Luke. Uh, no, I was just saying, like, uh, kind of what Rick was touching on, where they made a lot of unforced errors, There's, there is something to be said for actually capitalizing on those mistakes. Like, even watching the Liverpool-Southampton game today, Southampton made a lot of mistakes that Liverpool just didn't capitalize on. And they're more than capable of it, but sometimes you have those days where it's just not working for you. And I was really happy to see when, when Leeds gave us those moments, we didn't waste them as much. We, we were able to capitalize on them. And there is something to be said for that because that's the type of stuff that separates a 1-1 draw or a 0-0 draw from a 3-0 win. And you can say the same thing about Leicester when we played them in the summer. Lester had all the possession. They looked great. They were flying forwards at us, but they made a couple of mistakes. We got a couple of counters, and we buried our chances, and we won three 0 So, I mean, I love the fact that we have these guys that can actually take advantage of these moments.
1: Yeah, I would say the other thing that I noticed—I uh, don't know if you guys watch Match of the Day—but my the biggest thing is, I forget was Alan Shearer or Ian Wright, but. Anytime they were trying to build from the back, we were pressing hard, but anytime any of the leads players had the ball immediately, there was a Spurs player on there. Yeah. Like within seconds. And I mean, that's the, that's the way Josie likes do. We have to press at the front force, like I've try to create some unforced errors on the, or them to create some unforced errors. And thankfully it worked out pretty well. Uh, you know, uh, actually, there is a question from our good friend of the podcast, Kyle Mates. Um, John did brush up upon it. Um, but with uh, Matt Doherty, he had a, or two yellow, or two, or yellow card had a red card in extra time. When he got off, the, or when he was heading towards the bench, Jose gave him the look of death uh so he said what do you think jose said to doherty after his brainless red card the glaring jose photo was priceless it looked like he was in the dog clearly in the doghouse for that but
0: well as as he should be as he should be now the second yellow was a weak one to be honest i think but nonetheless it could easily have been a yellow card he was already on a yellow um I think a manager's going to get mad at any player who unnecessarily gets a red card, and um, if Jose wasn't happy, I think he had a right not to be happy. And as I said, he gets to serve it against Brentford, so you know maybe it's not so bad.
1: Yeah, and at least yeah. Sir, well, yeah. the bonus is uh, surge. He hasn't played for a little bit, so this kind of forces Jose's hand. So hopefully, Serge Oria can get a good streak going on and continue his. Earlier form, Lucas. What do you got? Uh, no, I kind of agree with,
2: with like the big thing John said. There was uh, already on a yellow. Um, that that was the part that really bothered me. Not the challenge itself. Why are you making the challenge? It's this late in the game. We're up three, and you're on a yellow. There's just no need for it. There was no need to even make a play on that ball. You could let them have it. Like there was just it, it was very it was very senseless and it, like it was reckless and. There was just no need for it, which I think is why Jose looked as upset as he did. And I mean, I mean, it looked like that when your mother gets called in when you're in the principal's office or something, and <laughs> she walks in, and you're already sitting there waiting. You're already waiting in there, and she walks in, and you don't even want to look up and make eye contact. Just yeah. admit,
1: like, oh, or right. it's like you know I'm you're scared. gonna get, yeah. Yeah, you're exactly. gonna get yelled at yeah. on the drive home.
2: Yeah, she has to, she has to maintain form while she's talking to the principal, and she will be eloquent. But the second you get in that car, you're just gonna get absolutely lashed out, and yeah. That it just looked like Doherty was just like I'm gonna find my way to the dressing room and just await my verbal beatdown that's coming at me. Yeah, yeah. Rick- so when I when I saw the
3: picture, it was it was precious, right? You know that, that withering glare from Mourinho was great, and I, I thought of two things that he was probably thinking in his head. Number one is that I thought you were supposed to be the smart one, right? I, I've got surge already; I don't need you yeah. going out there and surging up the place. So that was I one a re- if I one wanted a I reckless red card, I would have had him play. Exactly. I would, would have brought on Surge. Yeah, I, I don't need both of you doing that business. And then uh, the second thing was I noticed that it looks like Deli's getting called back into the squad. So my, my thought was that Mourinho was thinking, you know, there's there's room for one more in that doghouse now. <laughs>
2: so, you
3: know, there you go, buddy. You just might have played your way into it.
2: It's quite, quite a bit of rotation, Lucas. What do you got? Oh, uh, just real quick, kind of what Tommy had joked about earlier, though, with uh, like Surge. In one sense, because it does seem like Surge has kind of been in the doghouse after that Leicester game. Um, but Serge has been the best right back by an l- absolute mile. So maybe this is a little bit of a blessing in disguise where it's, it's kind of one of those things where, all right, now, Doherty, you tag in, you go into the doghouse, and we can see if Surge has learned any lessons when he pops back in. And it's good to see Surge is going to have to be back out front yeah. again, which is, like I said, he's have- been our
3: – Oh, yeah, no, Rick, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you always have to have one kid in the corner wearing the dunce hat, right? To make an yeah. example to the rest of the class. So, uh, Doherty just, like, raised his hand for for wearing that hat in that one.
0: Yeah, um, and Aurier's got to do... I mean, that last performance was most disappointing after he had improved so much. I um, mean, it was the Aurier of old that we all uh, shuddered about, so... As you say, he's going to get an opportunity against Brentford and hopefully he'll uh, he'll show that these uh, skills are not that that game wasn't representative of, uh, of what we expect to see in the future.
1: Fair enough. Anybody have any final thoughts before we go to MVP LVP? I will take that as a no. OK, so let's do MVP. If you want to, since this is going to be a shorter episode, feel free to elaborate um, I don't know. We had a lot of good choices for MVP, but I'll kickstart this. I'm going to say uh, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg. I thought, I mean, yeah, Harry Kane, son. Both great. Compliment each other for the goals that they had for each other. But Hoiberg, our friend uh, British Sam, he, he brought this up in a chat many times, but I'm like, I knew he was good at Southampton, but I did not realize how much he has worked to the Spurs quad, and so quickly. Yes. Or Saturday proves it yet again. I think his presence in midfield, just it's immense. And yeah, I don't know, I don't know what else I have to say about that. If, if you're watching Spurs, you know how valuable he is, John.
0: Yeah. Um, this is a monumentous occasion. I agree with you, Tommy. <laughs> and that doesn't happen very often. Um, yeah, I th- I thought it could have gone to Son, uh, particularly with his hundredth goal. I thought Kane had a fantastic game once again, but uh, my choice was going to be Hobe, Hoybié. Sorry, <laughs>
3: yeah. Rick. Who do you have? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I came up with a couple here that I thought were deserving, and I thought I was going to be the clever one by saying Poibier, right? But you guys are already oh. on that. So, uh, But I, I've got I've got another one, and I'll tell you about it in a sec. But uh, the one thing I want to mention about Poibier is, you know, so again, since I went back and watched and was able to kind of rewind and watch plays multiple times, he's the beginning of, like, every good thing, right? Like, every time we got into a good attack or we scored some of our goals, it started two or three or five passes before that with an interception or, or some kind of a breakup by him. So that's kind of why I thought that he was going to go unnoticed a bit and kudos to you guys for, for noticing it. Um, Harry and Sonny, obviously their ex, their usual excellent selves. The, the la- other person I thought of was Toby and not just because he, he popped up with a goal, which would be valuable. It was one of those patented, you know, uh, near post runners of his, but also just, you know, Eric Dyer, you know, he just kind of gets himself into bad positions sometimes and, and that happened a few times in this game. Toby was always there. Whenever we needed a long, accurate diagonal, Toby was there. So Toby was just his rock solid self and he gets the goal. So uh, I'm gonna give him uh the my MVP since you guys were already on my my sneaky one.
1: Sure. Lucas, who do you
2: have? Uh mine's cliche. I said Harry. Um just it was just another class. I I thought about son, but I mean, there was about 30 minutes there at the beginning where son was a ghost and he seems to have those hot and cold runs of form. And it's good to see him get a goal because there was a, there was a bit there in that, like first 30 minutes where I don't think I saw him once. And so it was great to see Harry consistently being the guy that was carrying the ball forward and finding those open passes and switching the field with these long balls. And, So it was. I thought Harry was magnificent the whole way through, um, which is just kind of what we've come to expect at this point. Only Harry Kane can take a game where he gets a goal and an assist and make it seem mediocre, Um, (laughs) just because we've we've just gotten so used to it. It's like, just yeah. He was okay, I guess. Like just a goal and assist, and now he's become the first Premier League player ever to score against every Premier League opponent he's ever faced. Oh, stats like I was not aware of that. Yeah, just stats like that that are just so minuscule. We're like, oh, yeah, just Harry, another stat here, another stat there, whatever. But, I mean, the guy just – once again, he was just on top of this game, and he just – I I thought he was my MVP.
1: Fair enough. Rick?
2: Yeah, you're right. Uh, Just just to kind of follow up on what Lucas
3: said real quick, and then we can move on. But uh, you're you're right about Sonny. That first 20, 30 minutes of the game, he was having that thing where it seems like his feet are frozen, and he doesn't have, like, any touch, you know? It just – We've seen that happen to him, and it, it happens for a couple of games at a time. And as soon as you see it, you're like, "Oh God, he's going to be bad today." So to see him turn it around and, and put in some excellent free kicks, and then the, just that perfect, perfect timed finish on Harry's cross, I can't tell you like how complex and, and immaculate that play was from beginning to end. So
2: he shook it but off. They make thank, it look—they make it look so easy.
3: It's like I know, I know, and, and the know. degree of difficulty on that is just mind-boggling. And you're right; they make it look easy.
1: That that was the other thing I wanted to bring up about Son because you guys just remind me like he's been hot and cold whether it be in matches or just for stretches of matches. But my issue, or but here's the thing: like he scored a great goal. It was a very steep angle, in my opinion, at least. Um, albeit from a yardage standpoint, you could interpret it as a tap in, even though the angle, like it was more the degree of difficulty was a lot more. But it's Even though fans like us or around the world have the perception of Son as, oh, he's been hot and cold, but, like, last season, he got the goals when we needed, when Kane was out. Like, for the most part, he delivers when it's needed. So, unfortunately, I mean, I'll take the good with the bad, of course, but it is what it is. So, thankfully, we kind of pick things up again from the previous games that were firing again where Son and Kane are – in sync with each other. John?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to follow on from that. I thought he had a better game uh, against Leeds than he had in the previous two games. He, he was really quiet, and I was glad to see him coming back to more of himself. The, the, the question that I have is, are the defences changing because they're aware of his potency, and is he being less effective because he's being defended differently? I mean, opposition have got to look at the tapes and say, you can't give this guy that kind of room, uh, that kind of space. And so maybe they're closing that down, which is not as evident on the TV as, as uh, because you follow the ball. You're not following, um, you, you know, the player. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if teams are beginning to, to shut down on that space for him to make it harder for him.
3: Yeah. Fair enough. You know, the nice thing about that, John, is that with Harry Kane in the same side, it really gives you that that dilemma that you can't solve. Right. <laughs> and what I've noticed is more teams are really being more aggressive and pushing up on Harry to limit his ability. You know, like they're on him right away and not allowing him to make that turn and release Sun. That's how they seem to be attacking it right now and not necessarily trying to take Sonny out. They're trying to take out his source. But uh, which is allowing him to continue to go on this scoring run. But uh, at some point, you know, they might have to think about that. You know, what they're doing right now isn't working necessarily because the Harry and Sonny connection uh, just kept up, kept rolling last week. Well, that, oh, sorry,
1: Lucas. I'll be very hey, yeah. but That was – I think that kind of leads to another thing, though. Like, if people are covering Sun because how on fire he is at times – this leads to opportunities for other players. So, like, Adamo, he's playing more of an attacking midfielder right now. So, this might be more of an opportunity right now for him to get more goals in. Or Bergvine, for example. Like, instead of, like, I think the big thing about him is, like, yeah, we know that he's more of a defensive forward right now. So, like, if you're watching hockey, you know, Pavel Datsuk, he's one of the known uh defensive forwards in the NHL at the time. So, like, you know, he's got that. But the other thing is Bergvine also creates space for everyone else. So this might be an opportunity for him to actually take advantage of that as well. Lucas, yep. what do you got? Uh,
2: no, I just – I know we kind of went off a tangent, so we'll go back to LVP in a second. But um, I just want to That's say, fine. again, with the the Sun and Kane thing, I mean, just, again, it's – a couple days after New Year's and we're halfway through the season and they've already tied the Premier League record for most goals between a pairing. So, and I don't know, who was the other one? Was it like Sheringham and someone else? or? But, I mean... Paul so has yeah, sure. yeah, oh, it's Even better. Like, it's Kane and Son have tied that record and we're halfway through the season. I mean, how, how insane is that to think about? Like, these guys are just clearly... It, like Rick kind of mentioned, it's just it's kind of an unsolvable problem. Do you want to focus on Sun? Do you want to focus on Kane? Like you don't have enough defenders back there to focus on both. So apparently we're coming. If you with do, you just choose, switch what is <laughs> Yeah, and we'll just we'll adapt. So it's it's just it's a really great thing for us to have just having those two options up front is just this has been something special to watch.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. John, were you about to say something? Okay, it looks like you have to your top. Tongue. Um, Okay, so let's go to LVP. I know that we're probably going to be close agreement, but Doherty, I mean, that's that's my LVP. I I mean, even aside from his now red card and the yellow card, I mean, I didn't think he did that greatly either. He got beaten at times, and for the style that Jose wants to play, the defense has to be more or less flawless. Thankfully, we played against Leeds that, A, gives up a lot of more goals than they get in. And they weren't on target a lot of the time. So, I mean, we're a little thankful for that. But, Rick, what would you have? Yeah, I, yep. I was going
3: to say, I, I agree. We're, we're all going, is it Doherty or Doherty? I just prefer to say Doherty to honor the ginger Pele who came before <laughs> him. So, but, That's uh, do- It's, it's but, Doherty. Uh, okay, whatever. I'm not going to listen to that. So
0: yeah. <laughs> He's but, uh, Irish, not Scottish, I'm told. <sighs> yeah. Doherty
3: yeah so uh so even if you took away his cards yesterday uh, I was trying to pay real close attention on my rewatch to uh, unforced errors right and Leeds had dozens of them unforced errors are usually just really bad passes that give you know give away the ball to, uh, and lead to a dangerous attacker dumb fouls right you know like like uh surge you know and, and his a penalty against Leicester. I leads had a couple dozen of them. Spurs really only had about a half a dozen throughout that whole game. And guess who did like almost all of them? It was Matt Doherty, And I'm, I wasn't even counting his cards. Just the the bad passes where he's out of sync with his teammates or the dumb. Fa- I mean, it, it's it was all him. Literally, everybody else was competent or better, and he was. I mean, it was just it was a landslide when I was looking for an LVP on my rewatch without the cards. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that uh, you haven't mentioned is that, um, (laughs) which is surprising, because you got most of his faults. Was he was caught out of position a number of times, oh yeah, and gave them a lot of space on the on the left wing there, where he was up the field and should not have been. um, And yeah, the midfield had to track back, so. Yeah, I uh, I was going to say Doherty. I mean, if we have Doherty and Doherty, then do we have two LVPs?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Mine will be Matt Doherty. Yours can be Matt Doherty. Yeah. Yes. Pete Doherty That's from fair. The yep. the Singer.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other story. Lucas, what do you got? Uh, no, obviously mine's Doherty as well. Um, my, my thing is with him. Like even you guys had said before, like take aside Rick said it, take aside the cards themselves. He hasn't really found his role yet, and that's been massively disappointing. And I get the argument that he's coming from a system where he was asked to bomb forward as a right wing back, and now he's being asked to play more of a true right back. So I, I get that that is a it's a big switch and it's an adjustment. But it's been like six months now almost or five months, whatever, and He's been getting plenty of minutes, whether it be rotating Premier League starts or Europa games. He's been getting lots of opportunities, and you've just really yet to see him click into that new role that we need him to be in. And whether it be missing passes, being caught out of position, bad runs, like even that Stoke goal. The goal that Stoke got, he took a poor angle on that to actually get back, and then Hugo got beat at the near post. But he could have cut that out. And then you took other things like the mistakes. Everyone loves, a good, everyone loves a good jab at Surge for the ability to do something stupid. But Doherty's now conceded two penalties this year and got a red card. So, I mean, yeah. it's on top of not actually playing well. So, it's making me a little bit nervous. I'm really wondering when he's actually going to click into his new role, or if ever, because we really need him to. We need to be able to have Surge get a rest and have a day off, or... Hell, we don't know when the next red card surge is going to get. Might be a straight red, and we need three straight games of Doherty. So, um, I I think that we really need to see him sooner than later. Actually, click into his new role as a true right back. Yeah, Uh, totally agreed, Luke. And and it's just really surprising
3: considering how good he has been for Wolves. You know, and he's he's Premier League ready. You know, there's no adjustment here for him. There's really not. So it's been. I was pretty excited we got him, and I've been pretty shocked at, at how poor he's been through the whole season. But I will say he has provided one very large net positive, and that's that he clearly scared the Jesus out of Serge Aurier to start playing better. So if nothing else, if he just gets Serge to play up to his potential, you know, Lester game aside, um, if, that, if that is all that he provides, he at least provided some significant value to us. So hopefully at some point he can start playing like the player we think he is um, in the future. That's a great so, point. Yeah. Little silver lining on his uh four half season so far,
1: yeah. I was definitely thinking that same thing too because it's like before or last year, you know, Surge was the de facto number one. Um, because stripper got sold at Atletico Madrid, so it was him and then Kyle Walker Peterson, Ganga filled in a few times. Um, Soko had a match here or there, but it's like, but it was like all Surge, so it's like he had nothing to fear, and so I. I'm really impressed that he made that jump, but a little disappointed with Doherty, but, you know, take the good with the bad, unfortunately. Okay, so uh, next up in our first half, we're actually going to do transfer rumors. Uh, The reason is because last Friday was the beginning of the winter transfer window, so I'm just going to reel off a bunch of random Spurs rumors that I found on random websites this past week. Um, we can discuss them. We can discuss what we want or what players we want, and who else, you know, you know. See if anything comes to fruition. You know, general thoughts, maybe pipe dreams. Your call. Um, this is more or less going to be an open forum. Um, so first of all, rumors of players going to PSG because of the new manager Mauricio Pochettino um, being appointed are Deli Ali and Hugo Lloris. Um, right now, Spurs or the rumor is Spurs are not looking to sell Deli Ali. I think likely because of depth and because of the English player quota. Um, Hugo Lloris is not horribly surprising, but um, the other thing to note with that is there's been rumors about his replacement if he were to go to PSG, um, which would be Sam Johnstone from West Brom and Dean Henderson from Manchester United. Uh next up on the rumor is Gazaniga and Danny Rose would be allowed to leave. That's not a horrible shocker. Um uh, next up, I brought this up last week. Um uh, more rumors of Christian Erickson coming back to Spurs. Rather not. Um what else? Okay, so next up what is up? Okay, so next <laughs> up, uh Valencia from La Liga want allegedly want Harry Winks alone. So Harry Winks did say in the past that he does want to go on loan to increase his chances to solidify position in the Euro squad this upcoming summer. Um, If he can get the playing time in a top-five league, why not? Uh, Next up, uh, Jack Clark is rumored to go on loan. Um, The three clubs are actually all championship sides. Um, Stoke, Sheffield Wednesday, and Coventry City. And last up, there's a report that Spurs want to sign... Wigan and Scotland U-21 striker Kyle Joseph. Um, So this would definitely be for the future. And reports are that he stubbed us and we're getting ready to have another offer. But he also stubbed Sheffield United. Um, Apparently the sticking point is playing time. So, John, Rick, and Lucas. uh, What are you guys' thoughts about this or just general thoughts about who you want to bring in or... Maybe what's realistic for a transfer window. John, you got your hand up? Well, off.
0: I think that, um, that, that you know, at this time of year, there's always rumors. Um, some make sense. Some do not make sense. As far as I'm concerned, Gazanigan rose out makes perfect sense. Um, Ali has been told that he's not going to go. And as reported earlier, the the reason, one of the reasons for that is that he is English born and bred which is why I don't think Winks is going to go on loan. Um, We need the homegrown players. And why would we let one of those go out on loan when we, uh, when we, when we don't have to. So to me, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Ericsson, I think is, uh, is newspaper talk. I don't (laughs) believe there's any, any way that he could come back. Um, Jack interrupt Clark you, John. But if
3: any Eriksson to Spurs rumors are out there. They're being started by Eriksson.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Um, Jack Clark on loan. I think that makes sense. Um, the uh, I'm I have not heard anything about an under twenty Scottish striker. But if there is a striker out there who's young, then I'm not surprised we're looking at him. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's some. Uh, There are some reasonable scenario that we've talked about here. Um, I can't see Hugo going to PSG just because Pochettino is there. I mean, he's established number one keeper at one of the best clubs in the world. Yes, he's French and PSG is in France, obviously, um, I could see that might be the only appeal, but uh, I, I I don't put any, um, I, I, again, I would think that would be paper-created talk.
1: Enough, Lucas?
2: Uh, no, <clears throat> I agree about a lot of the stuff there, but I kind of just go through it here. I think the Delhi situation, I don't think Delhi's going anywhere, just not as much because he's an English international or like an English homegrown player. I think it's important because... I just I can't see much of our midfield staying healthy on a consistent basis, so I think there's going to be a point in the next couple months where we're really going to need somebody like him to step in. Um, I think Gazaniga makes sense. I think Danny Rose is nonsense. Why would Danny Rose go to PSG and he's not going to play? I mean, I think his career is pretty much on the back end. Um, he's getting paid fine to do nothing. Not even have a shirt number. Um, I think. You look at guys like Jack Clark. This is where I want to see Jose make the decisions that Pocz didn't with lone players, where if, especially because we're going into the knockout stage of Europa. So the time for, ah, oh, we're playing Maccabi Haifa. Like who gives a crap? Like we can go give somebody a run out. Like that time is now passed. We don't have these games that are now it's pretty much get it done or not. So we, all these Europa games from here on out are massively important. So we're not going to be giving guys a run out anymore. And I think that that's a great time now. If we can get guys like Jack Clark on loan, we're never going to know what he's capable of. If he sits on the bench, like look at look at the player that Kyle Walker Peters has become for Southampton since just getting an actual run of games, which he never got here. So I'm all in favor of getting guys, the young kids get them out on loan at this point. Um, I think that Winks, I don't see him going anywhere either, just because, like I said, I can't see our midfield. We just don't have enough bodies. Um, look at Ndombele can pick up a knock at any time. LaCelso is the new Lamella and can't stay healthy. So it's like there's going to be a point where we're counting on Winks for a massive majority of games. Yeah, right. Yep. Yep, and uh, yeah, so
3: I'm probably a little bit different than you guys on Dele. I I think that, you know, obviously, if if it were fully up to the club, you're right. You know, they keep him around for depth, but, you know, the club doesn't 100% control the situation, and if he, you know, refuses to stay or demands to go, and he wants to go play with Poch and PSG, you know, there's ways to make that happen, and I, I don't think you want a destructive influence around this squad when you're really playing for a lot of trophies right now, right? You don't want to uh, disrupt any harmony. So I actually think there is a decent chance that Delhi goes out, but I'm not too worried about the depth because I think we've got a plenty of attacking depth with what we have. The two positions I would be concerned with if we were going to address them in the January window are more depth and improvement in quality, you know, in, in our center halves, right? I mean, Toby and Dyer have done a very great job, but either one, you know, Toby little old and Dyer can be a little injury prone and error prone. So having something there, Sanchez does not seem ready in any way, shape or form to me to be trusted. We don't know a thing about Rodon yet. So I'd be worried about that. And then uh, defensive mid, if PEH goes down, we are in deep, deep doo-doo. So uh, trying to shore that up could be good. I don't think Sissoko or Winks or anybody that we have on the roster right now has anywhere near the skill set to do uh, what he does. Um, so those are the two, but, uh, I don't watch enough of like other leagues to to come up with recommendations for those, but those would be the two areas that I would want to address. And one last thing, Hugo to PSG in January is, I will bet anybody a million dollars that does not happen. There is no way that will happen. Maybe in the off season, if he's homesick and, or his wife wants to go and he wants a reunion with Poch, maybe. But but if that rumor was for January, it it is pure bunk, Um, you know, whoever put it out there. So.
1: Lucas, what do you got?
3: Yep. uh, no,
1: <clears throat>
2: uh completely agree with Rick there. And that's why I didn't even bring up the poch one because that might be I think a million dollars is a little bit low there. I would have put I would said a billion. I mean <laughs> They're I'd very bet, convenient yeah.
1: rumors though.
2: Yeah, I mean so it's just sure. I would I would bet other people's mortgages on <sighs> I don't have one, but I would bet other people's mortgages <laughs> that,
0: yeah,
2: Hugo's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um I think the other thing though is kind of like what Rick touched on with the January window, like if you're expecting things in, um, I, I think it's it's kind of pipe dreams with Levy and I don't want to say that Levy's not good at what he does and I think we actually owe him, as Spurs supporters, I think we owe Levy a bit more respect than we give him. He's usually the first guy that we just cut the back off of, but at the same time, I think he's done a great job, but you know Levy's not going to do any business in January unless we come out on top. And when you're trying to buy in January, it's very difficult to come out on top. Because if you're trying to buy somebody off someone in January, the people who are the sellers hold the cards. They don't have to sell you. But the only exception being if the guy's contract is coming up in the summer or something and they've got to get a buck. But it's very hard to actually win a deal in January if you're looking to buy. It's very easy to win a deal in January if you're looking to sell. And I have never known Daniel Levy to lose a deal. So I I don't see us, unless we get some awesome deals, I, I don't see us landing a lot of potential talent in January this year.
0: I agree with you, Luke. I think that that's absolutely right. Levy is not a January transfer guy for all the reasons you stated. And I don't think we have a desperate need for anybody right now. Well, with scrub here's, with I, go.
1: here's actually a question, though. Um, Jensen is rumored to go back to Benfica. His lone spell, not been great. Uh, had some playing time, but nothing really notable or groundbreaking. So, I. But the other argument is, we could get somebody in the cheap, but I think the other argument is kind of like the mold of Harry Winks, where some players might be on the brink of actually getting a spot in the upcoming euros, Copa America squads, etc, they might want to seek out a loan. I mean, do you think that's even remotely possible? And if so, what, like, what positions would you be looking at?
0: I, I don't uh, I don't believe we have players that would be so selfish that um, they would forgo The opportunity to be part of Tottenham this year, just because they want to be in the in the Euros. Um, I'd like to think that, anyway.
1: Fair enough, Lucas. What do you
2: got? A hundred percent back in what John said. Like, if it's coming from our guys, especially the guys that have been here a while, like, and that's why I thought the Hugo thing was so silly. Like, I mean, Hugo's been here before. I mean, before we were even sniffing Champions League winning champions of games and stuff like that. Like these guys are this close to winning a trophy. I mean, if we can do Brentford tomorrow, it's like they're one game away from winning a trophy with Spurs. So these guys, I mean, there's, there's no way that they're going to be like, Oh, you know what? I put in eight years for this or five years or however many years. And then, ah, but I've got to make that Euro squad. Like they, they want this as bad as we want it as fans, like to win a trophy here. It's the whole reason Bale said it a million times. He's like, I came back to win cups. Like, I, I want to win trophies enough. here.
1: And also, yeah. I think... Uh, the argue, or We are definitely different from 10 years ago. Because 10 years ago, we brought in Ider Goodjansson in to help get Champions League. Which was successful. But I think... I would like to think that, A, our goals and the team's mentality is a lot... It's, it's a stark contrast compared to 2010. But... Of course, your opinion is your opinion. I'm just throwing out there trying to drive a conversation. Um, anybody have anything else for transfer rumors before we head into Luke's locks? Take that as a no. Okay. So, Lucas, take it away with your, uh, with your betting. All right. <clears throat> Gamblers
2: out there, get ready for some free cash. This week, of course, we have no Premier League action this weekend, but we have some FA Cup, which is always a great time to make a bit of cash. Let's do Villa at home to Liverpool, and we're going to take Liverpool or excuse me, Villa plus a half a goal at home. Liverpool never really cares about the FA Cup; they want to dodge out. That's fine. We'll take Villa at home with the half goal. Other one: Arsenal at home to Newcastle, over/under set at two point five. I think we're going to go over two and a half there. Uh, third one: Wolves at home to Palace, over two and a half again. That one seems to lay up. Both these teams want to score goals, go at each other. This might be the only chance at a trophy they get. So over two and a half, Wolves at home to Palace. And then the last one, this one's a bit of a reach. Uh, QPR is at home to Fulham. We're going to take QPR with the plus goal advantage here. I think Fulham is smart enough to know that trying to win an FA Cup right now is stupid. They're in a relegation battle, so they need to focus on that. I think QPR edges them out at home. So those are your four free plays of the weekend. Let's go get rich. Thank you for
1: thanks,
3: hey, Lucas,
2: for the. update. Hey, Lucas, is,
3: is there a line on the Marine game?
2: <laughs> there wasn't. There's no. I would love <laughs> to give that line out. Uh, like, hey, whenever they, whatever the line comes out at, just double it and put it on Spurs. I mean, yeah, I was gonna
3: geez. say it's outside of tolerance for even for even posting it, I isn't famous. it? So. There's no
2: gambling company there, out there. There's, there's no his, almost yeah. no history to there's even no.
3: lay odds for a match like and, this, I
2: know. And the, there's no bookie that would even say, I have an odd on this game. The bookie would just be like, get the hell out of here. Like,
1: take it. <laughs> 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 uh, Sounds good. Okay, so we are officially in the second half of the podcast. So we have two matches that we will preview. First up right now is the League Cup semifinal against Brentford. Uh, It will be tomorrow, 1.45 p.m. Chicago time, 7.45 p.m. in the U.K. If you're going to watch this on TV or streaming, it will be on ESPN Plus in America and Sky Sports Main Event and Sky Sports Football in the U.K. Uh, So right now, Brentford are in third place in the championship with 41 points. Their last match should have been on Saturday against Bristol City. It got postponed. Before that, it was a 2 1 win against Bournemouth. Right now, their top goal scorer is Ivan Tony with 16 Um, assists. Brian uh, Mubueno, I will say, with six assists. Top rate is Ivan Tony with 7.54. And the Sweden fan that I am, uh, their captain is Pontus, or yeah, Pontus Janssen. Uh, Big lumbering guy. I. Oh, Lucas, you said you had something quick to say? Yeah,
2: I just wanted to say, uh, I know John had his hand up, but real quick to everyone, you mentioned that the game's going to be on ESPN Plus tomorrow. Be careful when you order ESPN Plus to watch the game. You can do a monthly subscription or a year one that like saves you about $15. Last year, I bought my ESPN Plus subscription so I could watch us play away against Colchester United. And they offered me the $15 discount if I bought it for the year. And then the next day we lost to Colchester and I had no idea what to do with the next 11 months. So be very careful. If you're going to buy it, go, go the monthly plan. I think we can do Brentford, but like just do the monthly plan.
1: Fair enough. Thank you. Uh, okay. So some other notes, the uh, lovable ref, Mike Dean, will be repping for us tomorrow. That might be interesting, depending on the circumstances. Ooh, there's a wild
3: card I was not expecting. Yeah.
1: Um, Josie Brito, as I said, did say Eric Lamella was out. Like I said, it could be because of the COVID breach. Maybe because he's just not healthy. Uh, So we'll see. But this, I would say, might take more precedent compared to this weekend's game against Marine because just the level of competition. Um. And so I think in terms of a squad, Jose Munoz will probably put more of a stronger lineup. But still, there's going to be a lot of unknown. Some people probably will get rested. But, I mean, who are we going to play? I mean, and also, what are your guys' thoughts? John, you had your hand up?
0: Yeah, um, I think there's a couple of things we need to uh, all be aware of that I'm not sure that we are. First thing is that they're allowing 19 people in the squad, and they are allowing five substitutions. Um, for this game. The next thing is, um, who's going to be available? Well, we know LaCelso is out. Bale is out. Um, Lamella is out. Rodon is cup-tied.
1: Oh, I was
0: not aware of that. So so we do have the... I think certainly we got the opportunity to put a lot of uh, kids on the bench. I agree with you that... um, uh, that Long Mourinho wants Mourinho wants to win this, okay. and therefore he's going to play a strong team. But I wouldn't be surprised if um, you know some of those kids get a get a good run out tomorrow um, if we're if we've got a lead. Fair
1: enough,
2: Lucas. What do you got? Uh, <clears throat> I think it's interesting because, like the point that John brought up with the subs. Uh, another thing that is different about this round is that we have extra time after ninety. So as opposed to the past rounds where after 90, it goes, if it's draw, it goes immediately to PKs, which is very advantageous to somebody like Stoke or this week, like Brentford, it would be. But I think, so it's going to be interesting to see, does Jose play it strong right off the bat and try and just put this team away? Or does he run some new people out kind of, see how the game goes, and then always know that we have that extra time if we need to bring on the superstars at the end. Um, I think, like John said, I think Jose is going to start the the strong squad out there early and then give people a run out. Um, and the reason I think that is because we have Marine at the weekend, which is, I mean, let's be honest, it's a pub team and or a Sunday league side. So I think that we don't have – you could put – a lot of the starters out there tomorrow and not have to worry about it till the following Wednesday against Villa so they can get a nice rest. And I think that's an advantage that we have. Yep. Yep. I think you're absolutely right, Luke. And, uh,
3: uh, and one, I don't know, Tommy, you were probably going to get to this, uh, if you were continuing with your stats, but I think Brentford's undefeated in like 13, 14 matches in a row that they've been playing now. Like we're not talking about some lower league tomato can, Tommy mentioned they're they're third in the championship. They're undefeated yeah. in a couple of My months. Man. Yeah, and um, and they're playing really well right now. And I, I you know, I, I you know the the difference between the top of the championship and the bottom of the Premier League is next to nothing, right? I mean, this is going to be a match like we're playing a Brighton or, or somebody like that that's very well capable. You look what you know. The, they never looked very troubled against Newcastle, and I know Newcastle's not on a good run right now, but they have no problem playing with premier league competition. So I think Josie's going to come out with a very strong squad and take this very seriously because a, you're right. This is a, a we're so close to silverware. We don't have anybody to, to really worry about on the weekend. We can rotate the entire squad next weekend and, and get our rest in. So I think he's going to treat this, you know, just like we're playing a mid table premier league team that we really need points against.
0: Yeah. I think that, um, the two, Two things that uh, that come out of this. One, this is Brentford's biggest game of the decade, for goodness sake. I mean, I know they were in the playoffs last year, but this is a huge game for them. And therefore, they're going to be playing out of their socks. Um, and the other thing is, uh, and we're going to touch on this a little later, about resting people for Saturday... Um, normally uh, you, the, a team would put his stars out against a lower club because the spectators want to see Kane play. They want to see Son yep. play. Well, there won't be any spectators. So I don't know whether that'll make a difference. We can talk about that a little bit later. But this is going to be a massive game for Brentford. They're going to be up for it like crazy. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we need to start strong and then ease off if we can rather than the other way round.
3: Yep, total, totally agree, John. They're, they're going to be coming for us, and we're going to need to be ready for
1: it. Lucas?
2: No, I, I 100% agree with what John said. I think the, that's the way to play it. And even he mentioned the playoff last year. Like this Brentford side was, they lost in extra time in the championship playoff final at Wembley to Fulham. And, oh, they yes, lost I do remember extra, that. Yeah, they lost in extra time. Like, And it was a freak goalkeeper mistake. Like they were this close. Like they were inches away from being in the Premier League this year. And so I think there's an extra chip on their shoulder because you look at what Fulham's done and you're like, "Eh, that's not too much to write home about Fulham's looking like they could get easily sent back down. And I think Brentford has a chip saying, Hey, we could have been here and we could have done better. So I think they would love nothing more than to come to the best stadium in London or in, written and beat Tottenham Osborne. I think that would be, like John said, it's the game of the decade for them and you got to expect them to be fully up for it, so I think the way to treat it is absolutely put a strong lineup out there, end them early, and then bring on some, bring on some five subs.
1: Fair enough.
0: Yeah, um, Jose will be apoplectic if we do not play well in this game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, well, I would he be wants too. to my, win this. My only thing is if we can win ugly, so be it. I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you and everybody else, I just want some silverware. So if we can get some free goal, why not? But anybody have any comments before predictions? Okay, so if this comes true, we might. It sounds like, or I think we're all in the general belief that we're gonna put a stronger lineup, um, but. Let's see. Uh Rick, you wanna go first? Sure. Uh, I, I
3: like I said, I I'm taking this very seriously, but I, I kinda like the way we're trending right now. I think we were kind of in that little valley. We had that down patch where we had a few draws, a few losses, we didn't play well. I, I was very encouraged by what, what I leads. I feel like our our is headed up. Seeing Sonny and Harry score. I think they're gonna be hungry for more, so even though I think Brentford is a is a very tough assignment, we can't take lightly. I still think we probably uh, win comfortably. I'll I'll say three uh, one. Okay, and who is scoring? Oh, that's right. I uh, I'm not used to doing this, so uh, let's let's <laughs> do Harry and Sonny, and uh, let's put uh, Tungi on there. He, uh, he's he's had some nice shots, and um, he's shown a lot more attacking impetus lately. So I'll I'll give him one.
1: Sounds good, uh, Lucas. What do you got?
2: Uh, I have three nil. Uh two from Kane, one from Lucas.
1: okay. John,
0: what do um, you got? I'm gonna I'm gonna go two nil. Um with uh, Kane and Vinicius.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, you guys took all my potential scores. Um you know, I'll say we'll comfortably win three nil and I will say son. Huh. Who? Son Mora, Lucas Mora, and Deli Ali. Kane might not score, but I think he'll at least get some assists. I'm, but to be fair, he's probably going to start. Okay, so next up, we are going to preview our game against Marine FC. They are in the Northern Northwest League. They're currently in sixth place. Doesn't so mean meet- a lot to us because... Northern Northwest... <laughs> Uh, Where are you? Oh, they're a member of the both Liverpool County and Lancashire County Football Association. So that's what division the they're in. Um, so as of right now, okay, so Anthony put in their most notable for having the most the longest serving manager in post war English football. Whoa, Roly Howard score occupied the post from 1972 to 2005 for a total of 1,000. 975 games and yeah and his last match was in may of 20 or 2005 was a one nil defeat against everton but in the liverpool senior cup final so of course there's not a lot that we know about them um, just because of the coverage um, the only thing we can really know is john probably has a chip on his shoulder we pro- he probably wants us to murder them 10 nil uh, the reason is because his other club, Havant and Waterlooville FC, lost to Marine FC. Um, if, if they actually won, they wouldn't be playing us. So, um,
0: yeah, it's, uh, it's Haven't.
1: Oh, have it. I'm sorry. Haven't
0: and uh, Waterlooville. Yeah, and I, I, I saw know, that game. Sounds better. <laughs> yeah, that game was on TV. I saw it. I saw Rowley Howard. I've seen him. He, he is no relative of mine, I'll tell you, uh, even if we were a bit concerned with the name i've I've seen what he looks like and uh he doesn't come from my side of the family and and you're absolutely right. that was one of the most shocking games of football I have ever seen. The marine got i mean it was on a pitch that was uh they're pretty muddy and they got a an un, they got a lucky goal and beat Haven't. otherwise we would be playing tottenham haven which would be a dream fixture for me but uh, yeah i um i i love the cup i love these kind of games um it was interesting to see when um uh, when i saw the marine game being televised before that they don't have a stand on one complete side of the of the field
1: oh yeah cuz it's a bunch of they, houses
0: They back up onto houses and, um, at least one of the people in those houses has built a little tree house so that they can sit in that and watch (laughs) the game, which I think is lovely. Each house has a great big number on the fence, um, which is the house number and it faces the pitch so that if the ball goes over the fence and goes into one of the yards, they know which house to go and get the ball back from, um. It's really grassroots football. This uh, Northern Premier League is the league below what will be um, the National League uh, uh, South, or National League North, actually, because they're by Liverpool. Also so if they were to win two. that, they would go in the National League North. Oh, okay. So they are in that position. Um, this is going to be a great day out for them. Um, just a... Just a great time. It's really, really sad that there won't be any spectators in that little stadium. I think that they can, they can get uh, four and a half thousand. I think it would be wonderful to do to do that. So, um,
1: side note is, I saw that they were some shirts and programs. They, it sounded like they were at least close to or already covered like the gate costs that would have if they had fans. Well, and they had I did-
0: yeah, they, oh, lost no. they lost twenty thousand dollars they lost twenty thousand dollars because of um I think not being able to get um fans in, but uh, I think Steven Gerrard donated that twenty thousand dollars to him. Okay.
1: And also I saw another interesting tidbit, Jamie Carragher, he's sponsoring I think he's sponsoring the shirts for this match.
0: It, it may was, have so been good for him. Not, not okay. Uh, yeah. Yep.
3: And the uh the Spurs fan site Cartilage free captain is sponsoring the butt. Have you guys seen that? Oh, I was unaware yes. of that. A Spurs fan site is sponsoring Marine in this match. I believe they raised like almost ten thousand dollars to that level of of sponsorship. And uh, if you look at the Marine players' butts, you will you will see uh, something Spurs related on there. So they, they they've done a great <laughs> job of replacing that lost revenue um, by selling virtual tickets. Um, getting, I mean, it, it, the they're they're going to do fine out of all this.
2: Yeah. Wait, like words on the butts, like butt of their like they're short.
3: Yeah. On on like, the rear end of the marine players, and I, I don't know what they're. I don't know if it's just like the logo of the website or if they've all shows in some other art. But yes, if you happen to get a close up of the marine players' butts, <laughs> you will see like, Spurs them- sponsorship on. Oh, like Actually, women with the, the tracks. We wanted to make sure that they, juicy, they made a like, lot of money on the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Hang, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Why do the Marine players need a bus? Don't they normally take their bikes to the stadium? I mean, <laughs> I don't see why they would need a bus.
3: <laughs> I'm referring to their derriere, John, their butt. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> oh, I <laughs> thought you were butt. joking,
3: John. Yeah.
0: Oh, I, um, thought, I thought you said bats. Oh, you're, you're bat. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> the I rear actually,
1: end. So I actually found the article. So if you just search cartilage free captain marine FC, you should be able to find it. But if you can't, it's the article dated on December 14th of last year, written by Sean Cahill. And what it is, is that the campaign raised $11,794, which is equal to 8,857 pounds. And it's the hashtag, give Cardi free the butt. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that, ladies, gentlemen, and boys and girls. Yep. So, they'll, they'll, so that's actually a very nice gesture. And yeah, not too bad.
3: Spurs, Spurs fans have stepped forward and really helped support this little club. And it's, uh, it's something we can all be very proud of. Lucas, what do you got?
1: Well,
2: I thought it was just... I thought it was absolutely hilarious and cool that Marine put out that, uh, like, because there couldn't be away supporters, they put out the, any Spurs season ticket holder gets a free, like, admission to any Marine game next year, which I thought was absolutely hilarious and fun. I mean, hell, if we were playing, like, Everton or Liverpool away and there was a Marine game, like, I would absolutely, or excuse me, Everton, Liverpool, one of those. And there happened to be a Marine game and on the same weekend. Like, that would be a fun drive up. I mean, it's never a fun drive up from London to Merseyside, but like, I would absolutely <laughs> make a stop to go see Marine play being like, wow, this is gas. Like, just for the fun. And that's why I love the Cup so much is like shit like that that happens.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'm with you, Luke.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the map. It's outside of Liverpool, so it's at Rossett Park in Crosby, and there's actually two stations, Blundell Sands and Crosby, which is in close proximity, and Waterloo Station. Not the Waterloo in London, of course, but...
0: Yeah, it will be a train, yeah. not a tube, t- Tommy.
1: Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, I might actually consider going just, like, what district? What district would that be in? Like yeah. District 45? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, district 5 for you Mighty Ducks fans out there. But, uh, yeah, I, w- I think for my next trip to Long hey, Tommy,
3: your own personal YouTube or uh, your own personal uh, Google Maps right here. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Anybody knows directions, just call Tommy. He'll
1: he'll look it up for you. Yeah. Well, for those who don't know, I did read a uh, an atlas like back and forth, like every day in preschool when I got home from preschool. So I know my map or I know my geography relatively well. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know you've done more th- of it
0: so <laughs> well, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's actually the wallpaper of my iPad, but that's a whole other story. Lucas, what do you got? I was going to say, it's also, we have the London tube
2: map, as Tommy and I have it as our shower curtain. So, (laughs) But the other thing, though, about Marine, the thing I love about the FA Cup so much is i watched, like, everyone, like, as John mentioned, with, like, the numbers, everyone knows the numbers, like, on the, like, the fences to say whose back garden a ball gets kicked into. But I think my favorite part was actually watching the player interviews and how excited they were when that dropped. Like, if you looked at Spurs, like, when we draw, if, who, who would you want to draw? Like, we want to draw someone that sucks, someone that's 80 leagues below us. We don't want to draw Liverpool in the first round of the FA Cup because we want to win it. But for these guys and these players that they all have other jobs, these aren't professionals. There was the one guy that you saw the interview, he's actually a physio at Liverpool. So he was asking the players as he's, like, taping their ankles for training that day, he's like, Hey, so if uh, Sun breaks into the box, what should I do? Like, (laughs) this is a guy who's a physio, and he's wrapping ankles, and he's like, he's asking like Liverpool defenders, like, "Hey, so what do I do against Sun? Like, and Kane? Like, I mean, it's just so special, and I I love the fact that that's a thing. And when they announced, like, when you watch it, when they had the draw, they were like, "Come on, please be a Premier League team, please be a Premier League team." And it just so happened we were top of the league at that moment. They drew the top, they drew the number one team in Britain. Like, to them, that was the coolest moment ever. And so for us not to at least appreciate, and us, Tottenham Hotspur and FA Cup, we are the kings of the FA Cup. I'll hear no other arguments. (laughs) First non-league team to win it. And, ah, but I mean, it's so special. And, like, I loved every bit about that. Are we going to go wax them by 10 goals? Yeah, probably. And they know that. But to them, that'll be the greatest moment. And I'm like John had mentioned earlier. It just—it's such a bummer that there can't be fans in there. Imagine the half and half scarves that say "Marine" and "Tottenham Hotspur." Like, those would be in every pub in Merseyside for the next
0: century. Oh, guys will be dining out. Would be dining out on that story for the re- you know for the rest of their lives. Um, yeah, abso- ab- absolutely. And I'll tell you something else. Spurs fans now will follow the progress of Marine in the league. They'll follow the progress <laughs> of Marine in the cup next year. Um, there'll always be a little bit of, uh, you know, I think that uh, Spurs supporters will, will now become a little bit of Marine supporters too. So,
3: Yep, totally agree. I know I will, John. I'll be following them from now on just to see if they get promoted or not. The, uh, the one shame, I think, with COVID is that how perfect would it be if this tiny little club could have drawn us at White Hart Lane, and we could have filled a sixty thousand yeah, yeah. you know person stadium. Yeah. And I think the uh, the team split the game day, the match day revenue. Right? Am I right with that? that yes, that they my do. Assumption. So, so think about you know there there's a million, million and a half pounds that they probably could have cleared, which is the operating budget for a team like this for a decade. You know, it would yeah, have been well, amazing. So it's it's unfortunate that that wasn't available to them, but.
1: It's still a huge, huge thing uh, to get this match. It, interesting point, Rick, because I remember, what was it, two, three seasons ago, I forget who we played. Um, but, we had a, but we played there, we tied, we replayed at uh, Wembley. Rosdale? No, it wasn't Rosdale. Was, Newport? Yes, Newport. Yeah, they made a King's Ransom off of it. And they're like, yeah, yeah we're probably going to lose. But they're like, hey, this covers our costs for the next two, three seasons. Yep. So, like, because they're financially
0: secure, why not? But yeah, Lucas, Sorry. Um,
1: oh. Go ahead,
0: John. The, the, the other thing is that the, uh, the, the, the home team does have the choice in the FA Cup to say they will pass the game over to the other team. So, if there had been spectators, Maureen could have said, no, we'll play at Tottenham. They do have that option. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they would have done it? That would have been it? great. Well, you know what? I think it. Hell I, yeah, they would have. That's a tough decision for them because they really want. I mean, the money would be huge for them. And if they assume they're not going to win anyway, uh, do you take the money and run, or do you give a really good day to the four thousand five hundred people who come to your stadium? And um, and of course, they're going to get TV re- revenue out of it as well. So. I, I don't know, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision, but I know in the past a number of teams have have made that decision to go for the money.
2: Lucas, what you got Yeah, real quick, I, I absolutely agree like with John, like that's it's some tough call to make, and I would me believing in the magic of the cup, I would hope that they would have made the choice to like have us come out there and you give those home supporters of yours like the greatest day out ever, getting to watch Spurs come play at your ground that is basically like it's like a, it's a pump it's a pump teams field like it's not nothing to, it's nothing to write home about but I just wanna say the like the beauty of the magic of the cup is that you have these moments where you play like imagine if you're a guy in the Marine and you score. It doesn't matter if Spurs win twenty to one. If you're the guy that scores, it's the greatest day out. Like and you'll never forget that. And I won't forget that, because I remember the day we almost lost to Wickham at home in the quarterfinals. I'm like, who the hell is Wickham Wanderers? Yeah, But I'll, I'll never p- forget the time that they almost beat us. <laughs> and it took a deli goal and a late sun goal in the last minute off an assist from Sissoko. Like, I'll never forget that, because it was Wickham almost came to White Hart Lane and beat us. So that's why I love this competition so much. And now Wickham was way, way more qualified than marine is but i mean it's just it's so special and i as much as i want to see us just go out there and wipe the floor with them and keep a clean sheet i'm like i kind of hope there's a guy out there the marine that gets a goal because he'll never buy a drink in merseyside for the rest of his life
0: yeah um and we also know that the entire soccer population of the country apart from tottenham supporters will be rooting for marine <laughs> um, not just arsenal supporters. yeah
1: i don't i don't really blame them but and you know, and you know if you is. if you
0: go if you go back in your history, and I'm sorry to bark on about having a Waterlooville, but they got a tie in the third round away at Anfield against Liverpool, and they were ahead twice. They were one 0 up, and they went two one up, and they ended up losing oh. three two. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a great competition. Lucas, what do you got? Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Oh, just
2: to add on to what John was saying, there's a guy I watched all that. I spent like days watching just marine player interviews and there was a guy that's a massive arsenal supporter so for him this is this is like my childhood dream if you gave me a chance for to score against arsenal it'd be the greatest moment of my entire life and it's like to think that this guy who plays for marine has the opportunity to go score against spurs like you just can't say enough about it how cool it is and how special it is so i'm really looking forward to saturday or excuse me sunday but Obviously, I think we're going to wax them, but it's just – it's awesome, and it's so special.
0: Yeah, I think it was 1968 when Town knocked out West Ham 1-0 with a goal by a guy called Rashford in about the 88th minute. Um, he hit it from way outside the box, and it went it, – the screamer went in, and they played that goal every week on Match of the Day for decades – I mean, that was a goal that was yeah. everybody was talking about, and Rashford still—he still doesn't buy a pint anywhere he goes. Because so everybody wants to son. hear the story of when he scored that goal. he doesn't that? have a statue. Yeah. What,
3: what what year was that again, John?
0: I think it was 68. sixty-eight.
3: Oh wow! So this was like right after like West Ham Prime and the the Bobby Moore oh, days, yeah, where with, they were. Yeah, like I mean, the pitch—if you the think heap, the pitch
0: huh? was yeah. thick, if, yeah. go back and Google it, and you look at the pitch because it it is. <laughs> I mean to say it's bad is an understatement. <laughs>
1: yeah. Nice
0: but there we go. f a cup. love it.
1: Yep. fair enough. okay.
0: um so
1: let's keep this or I'll keep this kind of quick. um so like I said, it, we are we're believing that league cup the league cup against Brentford tomorrow will be a stronger lineup. so is there are there any players that you want to see play against Barine on Sunday, like? I mean, for me, I like to see Ted Gonga play. Um, Jensen, I, I don't know if he's leaving or not, but I mean, give him a go. Let's see what he has to offer, you know, type thing. Jack Clark, same thing. But, I mean, is there anybody that you really want to see or at least get a look? Rick? Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, I guess I guess we all have to think about this because we'll have to choose goal scorers and we're going to yeah. have a na- list of names that we don't know too well. Um thinking back to some of our qualifying in Europa and some of the youngsters we saw come in and some garbage time there. The one kid that caught my eye was a uh, Harvey white. He just looks oh, like yes. he's got some real skills and tricks and, and it's not like empty flair either. You know, he seemed like somebody that was always in the right place. His movement was great. He was just always kind of, the ball seems to find him, you know, all, all this based on maybe 20, 30 minutes of my observation, but he just, there, there seemed to be something a little special about him. So I'll be keeping an eye out for him. Hopefully he gets a run.
1: Sounds good. Yeah, I'm actually looking at the under-23 squad. Anthony Georgiou, he plays for Cyprus right now, um, or for the national team. But, like, that might be somebody to look out for because I remember he played some of the Europa League stuff. Or, like, George Marsh, he's the captain of the under-23s. That might be somebody else to look out for. Or Dennis Serkin, I remember he looked. Uh, what was it? I think he had. Yeah. He was in some bench on the squad yeah. or some bench or the bench. Yeah, he's he's made bench. our squads in a few few of our cup matches this year, so yeah. yeah. Or if not, we might see uh, not Mauricio, but Maurizio Pochettino. He is in the under twenty three squad, squad too, so he might see the bench. Who knows? John. Yeah,
0: um, I'd I'd like to see Sterling. Uh, I'm mean, sorry, Scarlett. <laughs> oh yes, Let's, I mean, he had a Europe, really right? good run out um, in the Europa League, I think it was, and uh, narrowly missed a couple of goals that I think you put down to nervousness, but uh, putting that behind him, um, I'd like to see him have a go. Um, tremendous talent.
2: Yep. Fair is, uh, is Harvey White still, is he on loan?
0: No, Harvey White yeah, still no, with I just,
2: us. I just mentioned him, yeah.
0: He, uh, oh, oh, sorry, Rick.
2: Yeah, he got
3: a little time for us. I think in one of our Europa League qualifiers, if I'm uh, I don't have a photographic memory as Lucas or, uh, or Nathan does, but um, yeah he, he's, <laughs> yes. he's definitely one that you just he pops when you see him, you know the way yeah, that he he, plays, uh, yeah.
1: he made a debut against Ludogorets. Yep, yep, that's it.: Cool. Anybody you know. have any final thoughts before we yeah. uh, well, do predictions just, just and close
3: to take off? Just to take it the other way, like, who do we, like, what's primarily, <coughs> you know, like, which one of our normal starters do you think Marine would love to play against? You know, like, they might not see it, but, I mean, it, we're going to start at least one or two guys that, that are in our starting lineup, so who
2: do we think that might be? Right. Yeah, who do you got, Luke? I, I would say, if anyone, it's going to be Vinicius, um, because, like, we talked about with The Brentford game, I think Kane starts. I think we play a strong lineup against Brentford. And, I mean, if we can't – when do we play Vinicius? I mean, he hasn't gotten any opportunities other than the odds start in Europa. So, if Kane starts and plays the whole – or plays the majority of the game against Brentford, or even if – even if Vinicius comes out at halftime, like, I've got to think Vinicius gets a start against – Oh, yeah. Oh, Harry Kane probably won't even be
3: in the squad for this uh, Marine game. So –
2: no. Yeah, I'm.
3: I'm kind of thinking of established So I, I think Venetius will, will be the. Able to say they played against, you know, like Ben I just, I, maybe. I,
2: like yeah, Jackson, I, I don't. I don't yeah. think there's going to be. I don't think there's going to be a lot of established guys. Again, I don't, don't want to take the can't. piss out of Marine, but this is this is also a team that's. These guys They're aren't active. even professionals. Not we're, we're gonna getting...
3: have to. We're going have to start a few of them, though. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean you, really... can't, you can't just start all kids. There's gonna be a couple of regulars that play in that game. So,
1: oh yeah, I mean, realistically speaking, I would say Deli Ali. Yes. Um, what is it? Joe Hart will probably. I can see him starting. Harry Winks, probably Sanchez. Nope. I, I'm not saying those are locks, but I would say odds are relatively high for that. Um, oh, and of course, Uh, Vinicius, of course. But yep. yeah, other than that, Lucas I mean, Moura like might be one too. Oh yeah, fair enough. He yep. hasn't been featured a lot either. And that'd be so. kind of cool to say you
2: played against the guy that scored a hat trick to send his team to the Champions League final. Yeah. Oh yeah,
3: uh, would,
1: definitely. Yeah.
0: Would
3: Would you be tempted to uh, start Hugo in goal just for this match so that all the Marine players could say they faced a World Cup winner? Wouldn't that
2: be kind of cool?
0: Yeah, I no. think it would be. I don't. It would be cool. just. I would.
2: I would never do it um yeah. i know i know this is a little bit of a throwback here but a couple years ago we played rochdale remember that oh uh, no was it tranmere it was tranmere that we played away and we beat him seven nil and Potch brought on kane in the 82nd minute yeah and just to give him a it show like he yeah just to just to show them like hey this is your world cup or your english international captain and i was like i don't give a rat's ass
0: yeah but and that was like, in i front think that's of fans. cool
2: true exactly which is why i think that there's no shot of us actually threatening an injury or anything like that in front of no fans i think we'll see we'll see the bare minimum and there won't be any like cool hey just wanted to let you see someone awesome or anything like that i think it'll pretty yeah. be or pretty much just be like a get this job done get the hell out of here go home
1: yeah joe i mean jose we know is all business he's yeah. not going to do like lip service for a club just you know, to get their jollies, or you know, I mean, I think that might is. be the one. Tommy, I think that might be the one right there. I think these
2: players will get to say they got to play against Jose Mourinho's side. I think oh, Mourinho yeah. himself will be the cool thing that they can tell their grandkids about. Like, oh yeah, I played with Jose Mourinho's side.
1: Oh yeah, like, yeah, I wouldn't be so like. I remember years ago, like five, six years ago, um, Messi played against. I think it was, like, some scrub Champions League team. But, like, by halftime, people are already – like, some players are already requesting a shirt. So, like, <laughs> in this case – <laughs> But in this case – Was it Arsenal? No. Um, but in this case, like, I wouldn't be surprised if some players be like, hey, can I get a picture with Jose Mourinho? Because, I mean, yeah, he's fallen a little bit from his reputation previously, but this is the biggest name that they played against. So, I mean – If I'm in that position, I'd at least ask, what do you got to lose? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Any final thoughts before predictions? Okay, I'll take that as a no. Um, John, you started – or you were last. uh, So what do you – we'll start off with you this time.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to go 6-1. I think Marina going to get a goal because I think that that would make their game if they got a goal. And as far as scores are concerned, I'm going to go Vinicius 2, Scarlet 2, Moura 1, and Ali 1.
1: Give me a second. Um, Vinicius 2.
0: Scarlet 2.
1: Oh! Times 2. And then Mora,
0: Mora and Ali.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Rick, what do you got? Yeah. How do you, how do
3: you even come up with this for a match like this, right? I mean, it's a... Uh, like, it's a bit like of a craft no shoot, let's ever, be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I'll I'll just I I think there'll be a natural tendency to take your foot off the gas, you know, once you score four in the first half. So, um, I'll say five nil. Um, I agree, Vinicius should should get a good run out here. Let's give him a hat trick. I'm gonna take uh, Harvey White just because I'm excited to see him play for one. Uh, yeah, let's give. Uh, I agree that Delhi will get some time here, so let's give him one too.
1: Sounds good, uh, Lucas. What do you got? Uh, I'm going 8-0. <laughs> Mercy. And I, I feel like, well, I
2: mean, I feel like Rick Davis, or not Rick Davis, excuse me. I feel like British Rick, we'll say that, um, <laughs> calling these big old numbers. But I think we go uh, Vinicius 4. Whoa, okay. I think we do uh, Lucas Mora gets 2, and Deli gets 2. None for the kids.
1: That's a buzzkill. times two. Okay. I actually predicted a, a conservative 4-0. Um, I'm going to oh, stick with... Go away with that. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the more conventional goal score. So I'm going to say Vinicius does score two. And I will say Dilly Ali gets one, and I will say Moore gets the other one. And that is all she wrote. Anybody have any final thoughts before we bid adieu?
0: Uh, we haven't told, we I, haven't told uh, oh. listeners what, where they can watch it.
1: Oh, no, I did. and um, I'll just say it again. So, again, it's on Sunday at 10 o'clock, or uh, never mind, January 10th at 11 a.m. Chicago time, 5 p.m. U.K. time. It's on ESPN Plus in the United States and BBC in the U.K., So be on the lookout for that. It's always nice to have a random street like this just to see a heavy hitter take a minnow. Because you don't see it that often. So it'll be very interesting to see regardless of a slaughter or not. So, um, okay, so to close, or anybody have, actually, anybody have anything else they want to say? Cool. Okay, so again, uh, so that's going to wrap things up. Of course, thank you to me for editing and sound. Anthony, thank you for scheduling, <laughs> production, and also for uh, helping me out with the notes for uh, Brentford and Marine. Charlie for the music. Kevin for social media. Again, myself for well transfer rumors at least. Lucas for his locks. Kimberly for the logo, and uh. John actually will be on next week to provide his loan updates. So that's a teaser for next week. Stay tuned for that. He'll, of course, have some great info for that. Uh, and of course, even though we're not there, we're doing it on Skype right now. But the Atlantic Bar and Grill, thank you very much for having a place to watch the match and record during normal times. Hopefully we'll be back soon. Uh, find our merchandise at Big Heads Media. And, of course, hit the subscribe button and write us a view on iTunes or wherever you listen to our podcast. Again, for our social media, check out Twitter and Facebook at 4 Star Spurs. Check out our website at 4 We have some bios. We have the full catalog of episodes if you want to listen and add at it. And, of course, come
0: on, Spurs.